it leaves some of it to your imagination. Yep, agreed, agreed. Welcome back, yep. folks. I am Destroy with Nabil and Kofi Baffour in the building. You know what time it is. Every Thursday, this is what we do. You know, it's funny, like... Um, Young gangsters and gangsterettes. Sometimes... Tune in. I'm going to believe sometimes that what we don't record is better than what we do record. Absolutely. all of us, okay, almost all of us, once we know the camera's on, it's like a... It's a performance. And even subconsciously, you just feel like you need to be perfect. You need to be on point. Everything has to be tight. You can't mess up. You can't stutter. You can't interrupt. Uh, because what inspired me to bother to do this with you is because we'd be on the phone and it wasn't necessarily pre-planned that uh, we got all the stuff to talk about, you know? We and, talked for like four hours. But we're talking for four hours and we're like looking at the, our watches like, fuck, it's 3 a.m., what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know, we don't talk to our girlfriends for this long. Yeah. Um, but it just flows and it just seems to kind of, everything kind of complements each other. We agree, we disagree, but it's just like... So, after it happened a few times, I remember specifically where I was, uh, and it'd been one of those three, four-hour calls, and I'm like thinking, you know, what would be the harm to document this? There's got to be an audience for this. People can relate to the things we're talking about, uh, to our wisdom, to our ignorance, to our opinions, to our anger, to our, you know, positive words, to our, you know, and, and so that's how we're here. Because I think you and I uh, are different. We're the same. You have a distinctive voice. Uh, the conversation just flows and the time is just getting lost. You know, like, I'm a photographer at heart, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's my core. Um, now it's evolving to video because of BTS kind of stuff behind the scenes. And now I'm doing video editing and I'm kind of just evolving and growing and all that fun stuff. Nabil works in the business, if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Um, uh, I lost my thought now. Um, Sorry. Uh, oh, so like the model would be like, so how long are we going to be? You know, is this, I, I'm like, look, I'm not a photographer. Okay, this is going to be an experience. We're, we're shooting in abandoned houses. I'm always scouting for abandoned joints, but usually in the white collar neighborhoods because I don't want it to be too super sketch because you never met me yet. I know what you look like, but you don't know what I look like because I'm the photographer. So I'm usually scouting places, you know, on the west side of L.A., Bel Air, Palisades, you know, Hollywood Hills, maybe as far east as I'll go. But, you know, in those white collar pockets. And I'm like, look, I don't know how long it'll take, but I'm dedicating the day. And you're going to get dirty and sweaty, but it's going to be the experience of your lifetime. That's what I hear at the end of every shoot. You're going to want to go home and shower, maybe get a massage. Um, and the day's going to just fly by, and, but that's a good thing. It's not because I'm holding you hostage or it's anything creepy. It's because, damn, we're like actually like having fun with this and we're getting results. Um, it isn't like tedious. You're not looking at your watch, you know, when's lunch, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of like the same kind of thing with our conversation. It just kind of goes. And... We don't get off the phone going, oh, gee, I just wasted four hours of my life talking to another dude. I mean, you know, how Hopefully lame is not. that, you know? Hopefully you get off the phone and feel enlightened or inspired or, you know, that's the idea. When mm -hmm. you listen to some other pe person talk, you want to hope that there's some common ground. You know, the funny thing I find that human beings have the most in common is that we all seem to not relate each other. That's our greatest relation is that we are. I'm going to interrupt <laughs> extremely you. Extremely different. I had this conversation with my son last night. Mm-hmm. 
I said to him at the beginning of the conversation, and I record all of them because I want him to play play them back one day when he's working on our Chevelles in the garage and, you know, sort of background noise. But conversations he had when he was 12, 13, 14 with his dad, what I sounded like at the time, what he sounded like at the time, and I don't edit anything. If I'm angry that day, that part stays in because that's me in that moment. He's going to get it all. He's not going to get the sugar-coated, you know, only the positive image stuff. So I started the conversation yesterday by saying, Hudson, I know you're going to disagree with this, but I want to be a better dad. And he says to me, well, you know, everybody wants to be better at something. And I stopped him and I kind of got like, I don't know, like irritated, but not in an angry way, but just in a way where I was kind of forceful. And I said, take that back. Half the people on this planet, it's not even a thing for them to improve on anything. And I gave him a few examples of the people we know. And I said, so tell me, what does she want to get better at? What does he want to get better at? And then I used some public figures. And it kind of got like a crickets response. So I said, okay, so you're getting my point, right? Not everybody. Half of us. Everything in life is half. There's up, down, left, right. Everything right, is right. a half truth. Yeah, so... I don't care how this sounds, if it sounds, you know, judgmental or elitist or anything else, but half the people on this planet ain't trying to get better at anything. They're just, <laughs> they're just doing the same old thing. Absolutely. So if I may have corrected you just mm -hmm. now, uh, huh? yeah, it's never everybody. It's never everything ever. What did I say? I don't know. You were saying something about everybody's trying to something. I, I... We'll play it back. <laughs> it's, this is being recorded. All right, all right. Um, do you agree? I mean, with my assessment, do you find it judgmental? Do you find it um, arrogant? And pardon me, I'm having a slow moment here. What exactly was your assessment? You can't say uh, everything applies to everything or to everyone. Yeah, no. Half yeah, of the yeah, people are like unreachable. Of course, of course. The other half are searching. Uh, Consciously or even subconsciously yes, evolving. Yes, that I agree with. I certainly. Agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a lot of us are 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 you know in pursuit of something, mm -hmm. a purpose, fulfillment. The other half, it's like they're just existing. They're just taking up they're space. Yeah, it, does that make them bad people? It's like the, some of them can't be my you know a best friend. Absolutely not. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not better than them. But you can't give people credit where it's not due. They're not searching for a better anything, a better lifestyle, a better health a better job, a better relationship. Right. It's just like, you know, they're kind of just... Taking they, life as they, they... They get up, they eat, they go shopping, they, they go to work, they come to home, they watch bodily, TV, yeah, they go to bed. Yeah. And, okay. So it's like ignorance is bliss kind of shit, and it's kind of stuff, you know, how many intelligent people do you know are happy? Sounds like, for some people, they are just existing. Others are living, because living and existing are obviously not the, quite the same. You know, we, we all exist, but how many of us are living? You know, you know the quote, I didn't make it up. Uh, all of us die, but not all of us live. really live. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think Drake said that in the line. And by the way, guys, I want to open up this podcast really quickly to give, um, an, uh, well, I want to share some unfortunate news. Rapper Slim 400 reportedly was killed in Inglewood on uh, Manchester and 7th. It's been reported. 
shot dead at 33 years old. If you don't know who Slim 400 is, he is a Compton rapper and a very close affiliate right-hand man of rapper YG. Um, he's the second rapper to have been slain uh, within the last month's time. Uh, yeah. Previously was Young Dolph, who I should also give a rest in peace to. Rest in peace to Young Dolph. Um, rest in peace to Slim 400. Disappointing news. Um, I'm a rap fan. Always hate when I hear these things. Um, and if you know anything about me, I do have a love-hate relationship with hip-hop music because I, you know, I love the artistic creativity from it. Um, I can understand the explanation of violence in it, but there is a fine line between glorifying violence and telling your experience, and a lot of times that line gets blurred. And... Um, I'm not, and that's not even to say that that has anything to do with this situation. I have no idea what, why he was killed. I don't want to associate violence. I mean, obviously the situation was violent, but I don't want to say that this was pertaining to violent rap lyrics. I'm not meshing the two arguments. I'm just simply saying that when things like this happen, I start really reassessing what I'm listening to. And while it doesn't have an effect on my mental, it does have an effect on some of the other children or whomever, not just children, but people who are listening to this music. You know, not everybody is strong-willed enough to understand it is just entertainment. Just entertainment. Um, you know, it's hard to make the division from real life to entertainment and fantasy. So um, rest in peace to uh, Slim 400 and, and condolences to his family members and friends. He had been previously, had been shot Unfortunately, previously, in summer of 2019, he had survived then, um, but he didn't survive this one, so uh, condolences to his family. Let me make this uh, tragedy relatable. Um, when I was younger, in my 20s, I was traveling to New York City a lot because I had friends there, and I was going there regularly. I haven't been to NYC since 9-11, so it's been a minute, but I used to go regularly, and... I'd get lost on the trains. Um, and I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up in the jungle, you know? I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, white picket fences, everybody has their home and a backyard and a, you know, two-entry driveway and all that stuff. But you know what saved me? What, what kind of was my uh, guide, my company? Was rap music and my Walkman. It, it kind of gave me street knowledge. It gave me, um, somehow, I don't know how, you know? It wasn't giving me directions on how to get to somebody's house. But it just, I don't know, it, it was educational. It was informative. But that's back in the day when a lot of that rap was, you know, the conscious rap. Uh, it wasn't, you know, puffing your chest out and talking about bitches Bravado. and bling and, you know. Yeah. Which, you know, to me is cool too. You know, if I like the beat, I like the beat, you know. Uh, but anyway, so taking some art forms literal sometimes, it's sort of like, uh, it's educational and informative. Um, taking it to another level, you know, I left the old country, Lebanon, uh, back in 76, hiding in the back of a truck. And the only reason I got out is because um, we had to go through checkpoints and uh, I remember this one checkpoint uh, hiding in the back of a truck, kind of like the kind of truck that had the canvas, you know, canopy. Mm -hmm. 
um, uh, that covered not only the top but the sides. Kind of like, and it was sort of the curved top, you know? Um, now we're revisiting the story in detail, fans. It was on the first episode. Oh, well, so, it's all right. you know, I understand uh, that kind of threat of violence, the imminent danger where things could, you know, very quickly, uh, you know, the course the, uh, of your life could alter. And you know something? I, <sighs> Hip-hop is tough, man. Hip-hop is super tough, right? Um, there's a lot of hardship psychologically on hip-hop artists and the world of hip-hop. Well, art com comes from pain. Of course. It comes from, you know, it's, that's your release, your expression, right? right. It's, it's your therapy. But there's something more poignant and specific I want to delve into in regards to what I think is a st psychological strain on hip-hop artists in the world of hip-hop. Because hip-hop is also a form of entertainment like many other art forms. You know, there's film, there's theater... And the you know, and even other musical genres are alongside forms of entertainment. And in those genres, it's understood that it's entertainment. It's understood that some of this is a contrived act. Films it's a front, are yeah. yeah, films are an act. It's a script. It's a play out predicated on maybe some real life event, but nonetheless, it is an act and a representation make of make believe. It's and, fantasy. We as the audience understand that when we watch violent films, when we watch, when we listen to pop artists or pop musicians, we understand that this perhaps is a hypersexualized version of said pop singer, whoever this is. We understand that there's an art form and an act per se. With hip-hop, it's a little different and interesting. And the reason why I say this as an avid hip-hop listener from very, very young, as, as early as four years old. Mm. With hip-hop, it's different in the sense that hip-hop comes from a place of struggle. It originated in the Bronx in, I believe, 1978, and it originated from a place of hardship. People would congregate together on block corners with a boombox, mm. with a beat playing in the background, and rhythmically apply poetry, which is what I seen. believe rap stands for. Go ahead, interject. Yeah, I've seen I've seen footage of like uh, Biggie kind of doing that uh, on a street corner, and you know a lot of guys did it. Not mm -hmm. all of them blew up, but yeah, I've seen I've seen that footage where it was just like you're on a street corner. There's no, like you're not. It's not about monetizing it. It's just no. it, it was just like a communal thing yourself. to do. Yeah, and 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 you're just being yourself. And the you know anything that rhymes is pleasant to the ears, mm -hmm. right? Of so you know, so poetry so, is so right. So it was just kind of like their little cultural invention. Correct. Um, you know that whole do the right thing kind of you know. And I want to and I want to bring my point full circle about why hip hop is different from some some of the other forms of entertainment in in a very small way. It's different. Um, yeah, you see those guys rapping on those street corners. A lot of it is just pain and their experience in the form of self-expression of what they're going through in the neighborhoods. The cops used to come and say, hey, you guys are more than a group of five, ten. Yeah, I don't know, whatever the number is. Yeah, get, get, get your asses out of here. Ain't no way all black asses is about to just be kicking on the corner. So that was interrupted. Eventually they saw, hey, man, we could turn this into a hot commodity, make money of this, and then soon. And I remember, you know, 
early on, even when I was young, oh, hip-hop won't be around longer than 2000. It won't last. And now it's the biggest genre in the world. But the point I'm it's trying to make... It's influential on every genre. Super influential. But the point I want to make about why it's different from other forms of entertainment is that because it originated from a real place and the representatives or the ambassadors of hip-hop, the KRS-1s and the K Big Daddy Kanes and some of the elder statesmen, their rap represented real-life struggle. And so what we did as fans of the music, it feels like we assumed that what a hip-hop entertainer dared to say on a microphone was true to life. Because that's also part of the persona in hip-hop is that the words that you speak and rap about, you really experience that. That's a real real struggle you dealt with it's in life. It's like you're a journalist or a you're, reporter. You're, you're like reporting absolutely, the news in, 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 in real time. Absolutely. And so we hold rappers <laughs> to their bravado that they speak on record, not realizing that, hey, man, half of this is entertainment and a sell and a ploy and these guys aren't as gangsters. So let me just drive this home. I yeah, promise. Okay, okay. I promise. I'll, I'll, I, yeah, yeah. I swear. The, the point I want to make is that that's where it's different is that we accept film and other genres of music as forms of entertainment, art forms, and so on and so forth. But when it comes to hip hop, we expect these guys to be true and live to their lyrics. And that's the conflict that we have. And so now they have to actually go through getting shot, go through getting hurt, because we as the fans, and even within the hip-hop community, don't accept a hip-hop artist being purely an entertainer, an actor. Because he too is... a in a sense he's an not actor real. He's yeah not in real. a sense he's an actor just like what they do in film and other genres of music but in hip hop that's frowned upon and as long as that community exists we're always going to work and strive hard to play up to how tough we present ourselves in the music and that to me is the dangerous part of hip hop so yeah, um, but, but some of these guys really, you know... They really live it, right. Yeah, they and there's live nothing it, but, wrong with telling their story. Of, but some of it exaggerated and, and, are, right. are, are, and are kind of uh, uh, taking advantage of, of it. I want to say two things. To me, hip-hop, rap, we'll break that down possibly, but to me, the beat is the entertainment. Right. No one, you know, uh, well, I've, I've never... Like, take it from a guy who's a hip-hop junkie. When it comes to lyrics and bars... Man, trust me, that it's a marriage, but it's know, a marriage, yes. But, but to me, the beat is 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 what's attractive. The, mm. the, it's not like your the, the lyrics are something you're True. you're singing proudly sometimes. True. If it's True. if it's a sad, right. you know, you're but right. it's the beat that's you know that's that's driving it, and and you can recognize who the producer is a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a remix or the album version. Yeah. Um, but to me, the beat is what always you know uh, attracted me. Cause I, like that. I am a beat first, lyrics second type of guy also. But lyrics you know, matter to me. Because whether it's like, you know, speed metal or whatever, all the types of music I like, I like the tribal shit. I like the shit mm -hmm. that has that, like, that, that sort of drum uh, kind of driven mm -hmm. kind you of You would have liked Gogo, man. Go shout out to the DMV, man. That's my hometown. That's all we did. Congos and Gogo. I'll play some Gogo before we get out of here. If you remember, we had this convo a couple years ago where, you know, we're trying to, like, lock in what kind of rap I liked. And it was, like, what, trap? Mm -hmm. was, yeah, was, you was, didn't. Was what we discovered? I, so what I remember about but you. But then when you broke it down, I'm like, so it's all this. You. I, I, and, it, and it, like, when you broke it down like that, it almost, like, killed the whole experience for me. Yeah. It, it, it showed me how. 
it's like they're using the same seven ingredients. 100%. And they're just layering it or arranging it differently. And then that's making it hard or it's making it more, you know. I'm not here to give the secrets out on hip-hop guys. What so, was that band? Yeah. Like, like the fucking West Side, whatever. I West hate Side Connection. Shit. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, I yeah. Hate, uh, hey, he, listen, his name is Nabil. He said it, not me. <laughs> I, I love guy. West Side no, Connection. No, no, Shout no, out to no, Mac 10, Dub no, C, Ice no, Cube. No, He's no. not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm listen. When it, I'm just gonna say this right now on this podcast, when it comes to talking about rappers, I'm always gonna talk about them. With it's not even personal it's because, just of course, no, it's not personal. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. not what it's artistic. Artistic. I'm not gonna right. go collect right. that album. I'm not. I'm just. I'm punking out early. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm always gonna talk about rappers respectfully because I don't know which one of those guys is straight edge, and I don't know which one of those dudes is actual killers, and I don't want no problems with nobody. I'm an artist. I love the world. Peace, blessings, salute. I'm just saying I don't like it. I didn't <laughs> say I wanted, like, you know, Nah, of course, of course. No, of um, course, of course. We, we're, we're respectfully talking about it. I'm just, I'm playing punk because this is, you know, my, one, my tease on rappers is that while they are the most I don't give a fuck driven type of people you ever met, like, man, I don't give a fuck, and, uh, I'm tough, they are the most sensitive people in the world. That's the funny like, thing. They are no, literally the, the dude, toughest guys, but they are the dude, most. The down. ones who the ones who yell, "I don't give a fuck," the loudest are the ones who care the it's most. It's kind of like the people who say, "I don't," you know, care about money because they, care they don't have the, money. Right, right, so right. it's a way to protect their ego and to yeah, just kind of yeah, yeah. you know smoothen the. Edges. I don't fuck around with rappers. Um, good. But dude, yeah, I mean, whether you're talking about terrorists or gangsters or whatever, it all boils down to they they really what they're crying out for is a it's hug. a hug, yo, word. It's a hug. <laughs> Yeah, you man, know, but then yo, know, Jay Z said it. Sensitive thugs, y'all all need hugs. Come on, the damn, heart of the guy, the, the heart of the guy. The more I know, what he really wants, if no one's watching, mm-hmm. is a fucking hug. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, damn. If, if people man, are watching, you know, and you can't me. have that. It's too soft. It's not male, masculine. Let me. I want to jump <laughs> to the Jay Z thing you just said. Now, mm-hmm. okay, he, uh, Kanye, all the rest of them. Stop using the word bitch in his songs once he had daughters. <laughs> right? Yeah. So what's that about? So suddenly, uh, the mother, the wife, didn't affect him that way, but yeah. the little girl did? Yeah. And so now he's not going to sing that anymore? You can't have it both ways. You can't like have built your rep on that. Mm-hmm. And now conveniently and opportunist- opportunistically say, well, you know, I'm... So you're not Jay-Z anymore now. I won't go... You know what? I get your point. And I won't go that far in saying that. I can understand. You know what? I mean, am I making a, a, a legit point? Or is yeah, it, is I it, get what you're saying. I can see how I can see how you could think it was almost hypocritical, but I could I, I can make an argument for that. I just think that you come across you you come across. There's a crossroad point. Ice T was a fucking drug dealer, gangster, and now, and now he's, he's doing a police fucking car insurance on, commercials on TV. Or he's a police officer on Law and Order. Like you, you can have it both ways. Like you can, you can stay. I don't know. That's authentic. duality, sir. And now you know it's what duality, it is. It's, man. it's you know how it's, this game of life. It's you know co-opted and it's, and it's selling out to the you know to the money. You know you can't be the same way forever. And I'm never mad at somebody realizing the error of their ways. I'm never mad at somebody. Yeah, I that can happen, but I wonder if it's genuine. I wonder. That's if it true. I wonder That's if it true. isn't just a producer, or the agent saying, "Okay, let's rebrand ourselves now." I mean, I can say this. I don't know how. I, I'm not here to judge whether it's genuine or not. I'll never know. 
why some of these artists refrain from using certain language when they have kids. I heard Cardi B doesn't let her child listen to any of her music. I applaud the notion. I love that. Shut your ass up. But she's doing it because she doesn't know what else to do. I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I don't know. She knows it's not, you know, I don't know. I I never met any of these people. I don't know them. I don't know what their motives like. My kid knows everything. He's not going to turn 18 and there's going to be this book of revelations. There's not going to be anybody like... One of my favorite scenes of all time in any movie was that uh, towards the end of the flick, um, the battle rap scene in Eight Mile, right? Where he's in the finals against uh, Papa Doc, Anthony okay. Mackie. Yeah. So, and he's like, Yeah, I do live with my mom, and you did fuck my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you did kick my ass. So, when it was his turn, he's like, uh, I got nothing. You own it, you stay in front of it, right? Front runner. So, you know, to me, I don't kind of, I don't have that duality in the sense of sure you do the hypocrisy sure or the or, or the opportunism. You've never changed your mind before. You've never had one extreme thought and then realized well, the error in your thinking. That's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. saying like my child knows everything about me. There's no secrets. Uh, he knows my flaws. He knows the mistakes I've made. He knows, uh, you know, uh, the anger. He, you know, there's nothing that anyone can ever pop on me and burn me and get in the middle of our relationship. So I don't protect him because in the long run, he's stronger and ready for the world. I don't treat him like a child. I don't, I don't uh, you know, I don't play roles in the sense of taking advantage of a situation. I have different sides. I have evolved all those things. That's not what I'm talking about. See, if I was, let me just put myself in a Cardi B's position, not speaking about her or her situation, but let me put myself in a situation similar to hers. I have a child, I rap, man, bitches this, hoes, whatever, drink this, Molly that but then she said, Oh, but but sweetheart, don't listen to the like it's so, like it's kinda like well y- yeah. then what are you doing? Like, yeah. You know here so like, so here's the case I'm teach I'm, her your child, okay, this is entertainment. Don't talk like that, blah blah. Yeah. Don't don't like protect her because what you're doing then is now she's not ready for the world when she grows up or she's gonna have all these questions about, you know. Well, what I'm You told me not to talk like this, but look at you, you made a living like that. So well, what I'll say is that if I put myself in her position, it's hard to, first off, none of us are in a position, so it's always hard to say what you would do when you're not in it. But assuming that I know what I would do if I was in that position, I might be subject to something similar. And the reason why I can make a case for it is because children are very malleable. And while I may not completely shelter them from listening to my music, I would be apprehensive on them listening to my music. If they found out about it some way, somehow on their own, would I have a talk and sit down with them and explain to them? 1,000%. We might have nightly seminars talking about my music. but And we don't even know if she is or isn't doing that. That's why I say I want to speak on that situation loosely or not at all. But I'm saying that if I'm in her position, I wouldn't expose my children to the music too and I also don't think it's hypocritical well I mean yes I'm it not, is in I'm a sense gonna, I, I'm not gonna have him sit in on a studio session but he's gonna know what I do I might then say but you know this is for adults right. when you're older you can drive a car you can't drive a car now what I wanted right? to right you know so there's that kind of reasoning because it 
a child is malleable, but it's astonishing how much is absorbed early. Right. Um, right. You know, I avoided my dad. I avoided all the situations at home, the dysfunction. I put my head down, sat in the corner of the room, and didn't get involved with all the yelling and screaming. I didn't try to police anyone. I was just like, oh, please let this end. But when I turned into a young man, I was like, holy, I can, I have my dad's anger. I have my dad's irrationality. How the hell did that happen? I stayed out of shit. How did it, how am I that thing? Let's now? reverse this, though. You know, so. Right. Let, let's reverse this in a, in a sense, though, really quick. Yeah. Let's say that Cardi B did, and I'm now I'm talking about Cardi B again, in obviously a respectful manner. Let's say that she did tell the public, hey, I let my children listen to my music. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's no, and it's that's why it's hard being my a position. There's what I no do is way. Different, okay. No, 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 it's not that her child. Screw the public anyway. It's like I'm not here to like you know um, play that PC role. You right. Know? It's not that I'm her. Not, I'm not. I'm not. If I if I was a gun lover, my my son would know I have guns. He would no way have access to them. I'm, Just like he won't have access to a car. I'm right? more than sure her daughter knows what she does, but just, just like doesn't need it. to know the details. And imagine the backlash she would get if the opposite occurred. Hey, my daughter listens to my music. That's why I say it. Well, in her same, position, there's the no way to win. go to church every Sunday, but then send you death threats if you miss a field goal kick? <laughs> there's, let me just say, there's no way to satisfy a stupid-ass critics who sit here in our living rooms and our couches and talk about celebrities, and especially in her capacity. Um... I'm, and I'm only defending her because it's like, there's no way to win. Yo, my daughter doesn't listen to my music. Well, you're a hypocrite because everyone no, else no, listens no, to no. music. My daughter listens no. to my music. Oh, you're a bad no, parent. There's no way to win that. And just think about this really quickly. Hmm? There's an, you know, drugs are only bad when there's a user behind it. When someone actually decides consciously, hey, I see what this does to other people, but my curiosity is so strong that I don't care what the after effects are. I just want to go through the experience. That world also exists in music where people know better, but they won't do better. And you know what? As long as there is those people to exist, there is a supplier of that type of rhetoric. Okay. Hoes, bitches, drinking. There is a community of people who live, breathe, and subscribe to that. And Cardi B is like, you know what? I, I subscribe to that, but I'm an evolved version okay. of that. But I'll keep giving you the stuff that you guys want, but I'm an evolved version of that. And I want my child to also be evolved because I know what that world is like. And I don't want her to grow up understanding that. But I will continue to give the people who live in that world that music. That's kind of what she's conflicted with. Yo, I grew up in this. I'm... I represent it in my music, but I'm an evolved version. But you guys still want to be ratchet. And you know what? I'm going to give that to y'all. But my kid, my family, psh, we're evolving. We're doing better than that. Right. I, While I don't fully agree with the notion because I don't represent that type of music or that lifestyle at all myself, I could see where in her brain she thinks, yo, even though I put this music out, I don't know these strangers who like that world, but I know my daughter, and I don't want her in that world. And I'm not mad at her for saying, yo, my daughter doesn't listen. She knows what I do, but she's not listening to my music. And listen, for all the people that are like, oh, man, Cardi B's such a hypocrite. Man, all y'all would do the same shit. All y'all would do the same Everybody's shit. Everybody's a critic when it's that. Of course. Their, when it's all y'all would do. do the same shit. Uh, so I don't want to hear it. You know, listen... Um, I never met a gun that 
doesn't like to kill. I never met a drug that doesn't have, you know, a consequence. We don't we don't right? smoke itself. But, Alcohol don't but, drink itself. But I know parents who won't even let their teenage daughter in high school walk to school or ride a bike. They got to drop her off. I'm like, well, you're protecting her from that great big bad world out there. But then when she's 18, is she going to be able to leave mommy and daddy's house? Is she going to be able to function? Is she going she gonna to have confidence? Is she going to be able to have a relationship with a man without it being like, oh, he's just... I'm just an object to him. You let the child know. You trust the child's intelligence. They're so much more intelligent than you give them credit for. You think that they're only going to get there when they're 18 or 21. No, they're there when they're 4, 5, and 6. Right. So if you teach them along the way, then it's not a thing. It's not like, well, we got to have this talk under a tree in a park when you turn 18. i got to tell you everything. we got to talk about sex. Right, we got to right, right. tell you about my past. I yeah. wouldn't know this because I don't have a kid, but I can right, imagine what you're right. saying. So for true. me, if, if you're doing it... Well, what you know organically along the way then it's not a thing it's not it's, too much to consume and not, compile on them at once like at 18 yeah, now it, i'm telling you it does, everything it doesn't have a stigma it doesn't have this weight it doesn't have this pressure it, it's not awkward or uncomfortable right. the child doesn't treat that aspect of life as you know something that's uh taboo right you right. know it's just kind of well okay my mom rapped about that but it doesn't mean i'm gonna turn out to be corrupt or doing you know crazy things I, I respect that she trusted me. She presented it to me. No one was ever, like, pointing something out to me, and I had to run home to her and say, why don't you ever tell me, or why don't you ever trust to tell me? So to me, uh, there's a way to do it, and, you know, damn the public, you know, uh, you're not doing it, like, in a way that's uh, child abuse. Okay? Right. You're, not, you're not endangering the child, for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> Back in a, a few minutes ago, um, something crossed my mind when you said rap and hip hop are the only is the only genre that's like true to life. True. You gotta be true. You gotta you know, live the words you speak. I'm not. I'm it's not, not an act. You're, I'm not, re you're really a shooter and killer. I'm and not an killer. expert, but I, I'd, I'd kind of go off on a limb. Uh, well, on that, but I'd go off on a limb, a small one, and say, isn't country music like, like that too? Isn't isn't country kind of that same kind of relatable, uh, our community, our lifestyle kind of lyrics? It's not just Certainly. entertainment. It was Certainly. it was kind of like you know, uh, on the porch after dinner. You know, you're just kind of picking up the guitar and you're just kind of strumming. If I'm not mistaken, country is a lot of uh, broken hearts and relationships and using drugs and suicide. Well, what's my woman so what's rap and hip hop? It's yeah, all, yeah, same idea. Uh, you know, you know. And, and that's a good question. I wonder why that doesn't... Well, for one, I'll say this. It doesn't have the mainstream appeal. When you go to places yeah, yeah, and no, clubs, they're not yeah, yeah, playing country yeah, music. It doesn't have the influence. Into, I mean, I mean, right. hip-hop has influenced country music. Right. It's, it's influenced you, jazz. It's influenced... But you know something... It, you know, it goes back and forth with jazz. Jazz influenced hip-hop a lot, too. But yeah, but no, country doesn't have that. But I'm, I'm just speaking, though, in terms of the foundation of it, it it is basically singing about something you know around your neighborhood in your city it isn't it isn't just like pop music entertainment where it's like let's go dance you know something i almost i'm i'm jumping out here you know, the bgs aren't you know singing about something real country yeah. music are artists are so is our hip-hop artists i'm jumping out on a wild limb and i don't know how this is true this is purely a theory of mine i didn't concoct this from anywhere guys i don't know very much i just try to think about stuff and we'll see where it goes um that's how i qualify myself before i make my assessment in my theory but 
it seems to me like hip hop now that it is a commercial commodity is the music that provides socially That's acceptable the soundtrack to life well no socially acceptable outrage right america loves controversy this country is built on controversy it sells conflict, conflict. you know when someone says something salacious in the media gets hits likes retweets makes news publications i think all that stuff is disgusting when people do stuff like that um so in a country that sells aggression and frustration sells ratings excels ratings you know you can put violence in movies and that's understood right but in music not to say there's not violence in other genres but it's like if we're going to have violence be in any genre what genre would should we make this socially acceptable let me, hmm, let me just play yeah. for a second give me like a minute or two what genre should we make a violence and aggression socially acceptable in huh you know what let's choose rap music and the reason why again i'm making this up i'm pulling this out of my hat the reason why i would think it's because it's like you know what i don't want to hear about white people killing each other i don't want to hear about other cultures but for black people, uh, I don't mind. There was a guy on a TED Talk who had a great conversation. I don't remember what his name is, and I, I, I don't want to say what he said out of context, but it was a very great point. He was like, you know, radio stations were outraged when Rick Ross had a lyric about dropping Molly and the girls drinking. They cut his endorsement from Reebok. How could he say that? You could almost argue that that's an infringement on freedom of speech. I won't get into that conversation, but you can almost argue that. And... He had been admonished, lost endorsements, and it was just a lyric. I imagine that that was not a thing. It was just a lyric. But, you know, when it comes to it, or and when YG rapped about how to rob Asian people, that was frowned upon and YG was publicly, publicly castrated. But when it comes to violence amongst black people, it's like, well, we could think about that. We could consider that. As long as it's killing one another, brown-skinned people, as long as it's doing that, black people, that's cool. But any other genre where it's not black people talking about violence, it's like, that's muted and unacceptable. But in the it, it, what I'm trying to say at large is that if music, if there's any music in America that makes aggression okay, it's the music where it's predominantly black people. In any other genre, it's like, let's not make violence acceptable in any other genre because we don't want to promote death unless, and violence in other ra- or in, in the white communities, just um, in the black communities. Unless you're I'm a assuming po- this. Unless year. you're a politician from Kentucky, mm-hmm. a white politician from Kentucky, mm-hmm. then you can pose in front of a Christmas tree. With guns? With with rifles, machines um, of war, right. weapons of war. That picture's and, okay. That's a strong and, picture. And, and, and you're asking Santa to bring ammo to you for Christmas, right? But so, replace those with black people. Oh, that's not it's over. going to so be well received. Rap music, you know how it goes. Rap music is bad for kids, yeah. and it promotes violence. And but, but a politi- that's a, an elected politician with constituents for Christmas. Right. Again, 
in music genres, we don't want to promote violence. We don't in pop. If if a pop artist said something about killing or putting Molly in a drink or whatever, they would scorn them to death. But rappers, as long as they're talking about one another, I kill it. And I don't I don't drop the in. I'm black, but I don't drop the in bomb. And meanwhile, I kill a ninja. I kill a ninja. You could say that all day, and they'll be cool with that shit. Cause hey, we're talking about black people dying. That's fine. Anything else, we don't want to hear that. Meanwhile, who's above the line in the industry profiting from all this? White people. At, that's what I'm saying, man. This is all the reason. By the way, I'm just free flowing here at this point. This is a large part of the reason why I have love hate relationship with hip hop. I love hip hop. I love the art form. I don't like a lot of the nastiness that comes with the game of hip hop. Um, so, um, anyway, as is probably evident, we kind of jump around, but it's all tied to a certain train of thought, a certain sensibility, certain questioning certain um, opinions, information, but speaking for myself, open to be enlightened if I'm wrong. If I sound like an ass, oh well, sniffle, sniffle, I just learned something. Um, I'm, I'm uh, you know, talented with the concept of humility and self-awareness. Uh, I've got to stop you right that. there. You can never you be can, the guy to call yourself humble. I, yo, hold you on. Can, wait, 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 look, wait. You can, you can oh go off on of me as being, you know, the definition of roast you, ego, but, but mm -hmm. I listen. I and, I'm, okay. and I'm humble and I apologize. You stop. And I'm, I stand corrected. Let me say this. And I'm not like, you know, always, it's not Don't always worry. somebody else's fault. It's not like, oh, you misunderstood. You're being sensitive. I've apologized to you so many times. Of course, argument time now. Let me just stop you right there. I dig all that. I feel you. Cool. Salute. Real shit. I love it. I cannot stand when people call themselves humble. I fucking hate well, that. I, I, hold on. Okay. Just okay. trust me. Okay. It is no, so filthy. Because you know I what? Have, I have I have humility. No, you listen. Let me just tell you. I'm this. empathetic. I'm I. There you know, we are. Okay, That's fine, more specific. Fine, and, fine. I, and by the way, this is not a this is this is not this is not an indictment against no, you. No, I mean I'm, I'm not going to like this take is for, it. This is actually a PSA for anybody out there who's calling themselves humble. You are disgusting. You are trash. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Let me tell you why. Let me tell. Let me tell. We have to do a podcast with your relationship I, with the word humble. One yeah, day. nah, because and this is all the talking. Now I'm doing. Now I'm. Getting out there and being a little extra. I'm gonna but get I'm, you a T-shirt that says "Humble" on it. It's ah, so filthy because, and let me explain why. In the destroy font. Let me explain why that's filthy. Done and done. <laughs> humble. If you you're call, gonna wear it every day. Uh, you're gonna wear it. It's oh gonna be like gosh. you're gonna you're gonna wear it to sleep. You're gonna wear it to the shower. Let, on let the me, court. I'm, I would never call myself humble. The reason why I would never call myself when you humble go get you know Bradley Beal's autograph. You know, in the building. You know, gonna, gonna, the fans <laughs> are gonna want me to make my point at some point. <laughs> But the reason why tattoos gonna see, be humble. Is he this guy? Is he this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Wear tattoos says humble. Instead this of thug across your humble. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, hey, yo, you know, man, everybody love me right. in these streets. It is your point. Everybody love me in these streets because I'm humble. That's hilarious. I hate that. That is the because first off. Being humble. Let's change the podcast name from "I Am Destroyed" to uh, "Yo, I am guys, humble. this is going to be a bad podcast. I'm never gonna make my point. Um. No, that makes it a good. That makes it a good. Point. Not at all, because people are gonna be like, "Man, I want to hear what he's saying about the word humble." Tune in next week. See, humble, yo, the bill's the worst. All right, so look, the reason why humble is trash is because you are your, you cannot qualify yourself with a good trait. Humble when when somebody is humble, and actually, I can't say I'm generous. Then no, I can't say I'm kind because. 
to say that you're humble is to say that you're modest. And I can see, I can see what you're saying. The fact that you're saying you're humble makes you not humble. Exactly. Exactly. If you have to call out your own qualitative <laughs> okay, okay, good. advantages, so, then that's not humble. So I want, that's arrogant. So I, I want if you to, say because think about a humble. I, I, listen, hold on, hold on, no, 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 stop, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Listen to me. I agree because, with because, you. because I'm not gonna get this point now. I yell too much. So I'm, I'm actually not really mad, but I have to do that because I, people are listening. People are gonna be listening. I deserve it. When you say that you're humble, first off, the definition of humble is to be modest, and that is a respected, preferred trait. So, humble, being humble is a form of modesty. It's to say that, yo, like, you know, I don't toot my own horn. I let the people decide my greatness if I have it. But if you say that you're humble... Then you're bringing attention to the concept of humbleness, which makes it not humble. Exactly. So when, when, when people out, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm known as humble. I'm, I just, I'm a humble guy. I just Dad, learned... You, when you, yo, if, uh, PSA, deadass. If you are out there saying, yo, I'm a humble person, newsflash, you're not fucking humble. You're a narcissist. You are a narcissist. You are arrogant. Uh, a humble person would not say, I'm humble. So that is the stupidest thing ever. I, I once met this girl, uh, dated her, and, and she was getting into that whole, um, man, I can't think of it, but that whole sort of spiritual Buddhist thing, right, uh, where it's about whatever it's about. But then she was starting to put all these tattoos on her body with, like, the famous Buddhist sayings and stuff. And I was like... Why you got advertised being spiritual and Buddhist? Being spiritual and Buddhist means you don't need to advertise anything. Mm -hmm. it, you you just you just are like I am. You don't need to. It's not something that's um, marketable or co-opted or yeah, right. you don't need to advertise it. I ask you a question: How come how how come around the holidays, Jews around street corners and on cars need to advertise to the world that it's you know. Hanukkah time and they got the you know the seven candles and all this stuff I why do you got to bring attention to all of that like okay celebrate it that's your belief that's that's your ticket okay but I don't see all the religions kind of putting putting it in so your face all you over up. town yeah, 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 hey yeah. this is our you know this is our holiday it's called this and right. this is what we do now for seven days and like there's like certain kind of like narcissism about it all that's what i'm saying it's like fucking celebrate it i i respect you you're my friend you're my neighbor you're my brother but why do you got to put it like all over town in right. my face it's like you're showing and, and by the why way are you being so insecure oh, why it's, hum it's so humble and by the way i want to read and i actually know the definition of humble but i wanted to make sure i properly articulate and read it for anybody who may not understand or, or know and what we'll end with this have humble adjective Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. I'm going to read that again. Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. So you are assuming, this is without even using the actual word in the definition, because that's never how you explain a definition. It is to say that I do not deem myself the most important or as grand as I may be perceived. And to point that out about yourself is arrogance. So I swear to goodness, if you ever talk to me and genuine. you tell me mm -hmm. that you are humble, 
I'm going to raise my eyebrow at you. I'm still going to make you a shirt for Christmas that says, I am humble I'm in the humble. destroy font. The and you wear it ironically. Fucking... It's not because I'm trying to be like no. you know, rubbing you. No, I get it. I get it. I just, I mean, that, and totally, we can actually, that can be a reoccurring joke. Oh, yeah, dog. Yeah. Man, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm humble, man. Everybody loves me. I'm, I'm humble. Gonna, anytime Shut I'm going to be out with you, God, meeting somebody, I'm going to be. <laughs> I hate that, man. And you say that's Nabil, I'm going to be like, I'm humble. I'm humble. <laughs> but you can call me humble. Yo, my name's Cole, but you can call me humble. Shut the fuck up. Peace humble. out, Cole, for trash. this week. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gone. We're gone. You know what? I actually wanted to talk uh, really quickly. Actually, we can save it for next week, but I wanted to talk about how, uh, and this was a little alarming to me. Oh, I just had it. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. Oh, LAPD detective compares Los Angeles to the purge due to rise in crime. LA Police Protective League Director James Jamie McBride spoke about the excuse me cracks in my phone spoke about the crime surge in LA and referred to the city as the purge movie. James McBride is also the director of the Los Angeles Police Protective League. In an appearance on Fox News Monday, McBride told anchors that he's telling people don't visit because we don't think we can keep you safe right now. Comparing Los Angeles to the movie Purge, but instead of 24 hours to commit your crime, they have 365 days. McBride blamed the crime surge on things like Proposition 47, which changed sentencing guidelines, as well as the state's zero bail policy, which he said puts criminals back on the street faster than officers can finish the report. I'm not going to read the whole article, but when I thought about that, it's alarming to hear a police chief say, hey, don't come to our city because we don't have enough personnel to protect you. I don't like hearing that at all. And folks, if you are listening, please stay safe in Los Angeles. That's where we are based. I'm not going to tell you where I'm based out of because people out here aren't playing straight or with a full deck of cards. There have been a lot of, uh, there have been a string, a surging string, I should say, of home invasions, robberies, um, like the group. Uh, it's pretty pathetic, uh, but you please. Know, like the mob. Uh, robberies yeah it's so all i can ask uh for you all is be very vigilant at staying safe don't be a vigilante <laughs> uh be safe be cognizant of your surroundings if you're like me you don't ever leave the house unless you have to i don't fuck with nobody i don't go places i don't belong i don't i'm not at places i don't feel i need to be i stay home a lot and for a reason um so i get out, safe out there and i get to know mine. myself better and yeah. We'll end it with, stay humble. (laughs) I am Destroy. Peace. Outro.